Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries with John and Hannah. Hi. And today we're going to be cracking open the post bag once more to listen to some of your lovely listener call-ins. And our first call is from Jason of the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Take it away, Jason. Hey, Hannah and John. Great call-in episode. As far as the name thing, I don't know that it's an American thing. I mean, we have people that are referred to by their middle name. Usually it's because they want to be here because that's what their parents call them. Or, you know, because they have another, somebody else near them that's called, that has the same first name. So they'll say, oh, I'll call me my middle name instead. Right. But what always throws me with you is some, I think it's Glenn Hallstrom, always says John Lard. He doesn't say the Allen in there. And it seems to me if you list all three of them out there, you want to be called all three. But I don't know. Um, as long as we don't call you late for dinner. Right. But yeah, great episode. Thank you so much for your, your thoughts on sci fi versus fantasy. And sci fi is more work. Probably. That's probably true. Um, it, it, unless you play beer and pretzel sci fi, which then we get back to the fantasy part right so that I, I can definitely see that and, and hannah that was totally a uh, i'm i'm happy i did it but but i was i wasn't trying to yank your chain i i was thinking star trek but star wars came out of my mouth maybe it was a freudian slip i don't know who knows but yeah i, I wasn't intentionally trying to go to there just um just came out that way but great show looking forward to your next one take care yeah, t- to be fair, Jason, as, as far as I can say, like I say, I'm not really bothered what names people use. I, I've been called far worse. And as for the as for the Star Wars Star Trek, I think I wouldn't worry about it. It's not like someone mentioned just merely mentioned Star Trek in our sort of regular weekly Zoom chats with our friends the other night, and there was like two hours of talk about Star Trek or anything. No, that's a bit harsh. Oh, there, there's enough talk about Star Trek. Let's just let's just say Hannah's very passionate about her Trek, much in the same way that like. Myself, I'm very passionate when I talk about D and D. Indeed, and we're all very passionate about things that we get involved with online. But no, no, no it's all taken in good it's form, right. Jason. Yeah. I'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much for the call, and we're glad you enjoyed the episode. So let's see who we've got up next. Hello, this is Joe from Biggest Geekus, and um, listening to your Harmful Hags podcast. And I have to tell you, uh, I have never, ever in the forty ish years that i've played witnessed or myself just attacking an old woman described as such by the dm so i'm not sure how much of an actual problem that is but that might make you guys feel a little better about it being harmful uh because that's to me that when i heard you guys say that my first knee-jerk reaction was though that's not a thing uh so yeah when i just take everything at face value maybe that's just me but if the DM describes an old woman, then it's an old woman. I don't make any assumptions about it. So, all right. Um, hopefully, it's not as big of a problem in other games, but I've never even heard this as being a problem. So, maybe I'm just sheltered. All right. Well, keep up the good work. I'll t- talk to you later. Bye. Hi, Joe. Um, this may not be a problem in most people's games, but it has certainly been a problem in games with one particular player. I think I think what Hannah's trying to say is that like I've been sort of conditioned by a few games I play in, so that like when there's a so there's a certain like description trigger when someone mentions an old woman, it's not specifically just an old woman. It's like when they sort of give that description and they're a bit sort of like a crone. I've been in too many games where like they've turned out to be a witch, and once the description goes in a certain way, my brain just goes <laughs> that they're a witch. You need to like deal with this now. So I, I think we, we, I mean, we're a bit tongue in cheek. Number of times I've basically been holding you back from some NPC while everybody else has a conversation with them. You're like roaring to kill them. 
Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I, I, think, I think what Hannah was trying to do with the episode, and as we said, it was slightly tongue-in-cheek. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, we yeah. don't think it's a major serious problem. But I think Hannah was just trying to save my, like, poor feelings by um, calling it that instead of, like, calling it why does John always attack, like, old women NPCs when they appear in games? So I don't think it's really a massive problem in games. Although I, I have been amused by not so much your reaction to it, because your reaction was entirely sensible, just sort of questioning it, but some of the reactions we got by people were, let's say, very knee-jerk. And uh-huh. I, I still haven't stopped laughing uh-huh. about someone saying that um, I um, the politically correct people like me are ruining the hobby. So I'm still <laughs> laughing about that now. It's probably the only time in my life I've been called overly politically correct. <laughs> so I'm sort of holding on to that sweet, sweet moment and chuckling yeah, away to myself. social justice warrior, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, ask, ask anyone. I'm terribly politically correct. Oh. But um, thank you very much for the call in, Joe. Okay, let's see who we've got up next in the post bag. Hey, John, it's Randy at Biggest Geek. It's been a while. I've been behind on uh, listening to my po- other podcasts. Red Dice is the top of the order, so I had to get to it. I'm going to be catching up this week. Uh, anyway, uh, love the discussion of game prep. We did one episode on it. I think it's great to hear about you guys. You guys sound pretty low prep compared to me, John. You're a little bit closer than, uh, I don't know if it's Johans uh, and Hannah maybe, but uh, I really like your ideas. always wanted to be a bullet point guy, but man, I can't help but keep wanting to write details. And I mean, I don't try to predict where they're going to, I try to predict where they're going to go and who am I kidding, but I can't ever be sure. And I'm never right. So I don't know why I bother, but I'm a detail kind of guy. So I tend to spend hours prepping, but but uh, anyway, great show. Can't wait to listen to the second one and the other guys. Obliviax, man. I saw that on the line. Can't wait to hear the Obliviax episode. Going to try to catch up. Take care and uh, have a good one. Keep up the good work. That was, of course, Randy from Biggest Geekers. Thank you very much, Randy, for calling in with that um, message. I'm glad you enjoyed the first mm-hmm. game prep episode we did. And whilst we try and keep most of the episodes down to like a reasonably sort of short, sort of punchy length, we are hopefully going to do every now and again do like a slightly longer sort of episode scattered in and i've done a few episodes on the previous iteration of the podcast with johannes i I always have a great time when i'm chatting to him about games and obviously if we can get other people involved for other episodes and we can sort of work the schedules we'll quite happily do that although to be honest most of the time me and hannah have enough trouble getting our own schedules to sync up to record an episode never mind when you throw someone else into the mix so it's just one of those lucky sort of coincidences of timing that I sort of threw the idea out to Johannes and we were able to actually record it. But I think um, Randy's got a little bit more to say. Hey, John, really enjoyed the two episodes with uh, gaming prep. It was nice having that third person, Johannes, that, uh, to be there uh, to help out. Um, I really thought it was interesting when you asked, do you prep differently for different games? And I'm not sure if I heard anything anybody say, yes, that's true, but oh yeah, Johannes did. I definitely do, because I, I did a when I do a sci-fi game or some genre I'm not comfortable with, I do find myself searching the web and spending more time on the details. Um and whereas fantasy I'm probably more comfortable just letting things fly. Um I'm not sure how much time I have left. This is ninety seconds so total, it's not bad. Question. Living married to a fellow game master does that help your prep? Does having Hannah around and vice versa, having John around, does that help you prep to bounce ideas off? And another thing I always wondered, do you guys play in each other's games? I've heard Hannah plays uh, Star Trek and you run uh, OSC, I think, game. Do you guys play in those games as well as run your own? 
I still read the words, are you both playing in each other's games? Just kind of wondered about that. Anyway, keep up the good work. So thanks for the questions, Randy. Um, so first question, do I, do we prep differently for different games? Yeah. Um, I certainly do, mostly because some games are more crunchy than others. If I can get away with just a short list of bullet points and not worry about any monster stats or maps or props or any of that stuff, then great. If not, then some of that stuff's going to be required. Or miniatures or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, I think certainly for myself, um, I agree with Randy because I've watched so many fantasy films, read so many fantasy books and played so many fantasy games. I find it easier to sort of fall back on what I know with fantasy, whereas when I'm doing something like sci-fi or sort of modern day or something like that, I tend to like look at it in a bit more detail because I don't have quite that sort of knowledge base sort of like ready that I can just roll out when I need to. So then on to... Do we talk to each other about the games we're running and bounce ideas off each other? Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say we like yeah. we, we sort of like formally sit down and I'm like, right, I'm going to prep Hannah. What do you think of this? But when we've sort of run a game, we'll tend to like chat to each other about how it went. You know what? What the players are planning on doing next session, and we sort of bounce ideas off each other a bit. And if I, we're stuck I find, for ideas, yeah. we'll tell each other what happened in the last session, and the other person's usually got something they can pull on, some thread that they can. Yeah, and I mean, I, I certainly find it useful because you you can sort of get a little bit too fixated on one way of looking at things. So it's always nice to have like a fresh set of eyes and a fresh set of opinions on a subject so sometimes you'll be grappling with like oh how am i gonna how am i gonna get this particular scene to work because you you sort of locked into that sort of way of looking at it then someone else will come along with a completely different idea entirely out of left field and you but even if you don't use it entirely you'll be like yeah yeah there's something in that i can use and do we play in each other's games we have done we're not currently doing any regular games that we both play in no unfortunately as we were saying with some of the earlier calls due to our sort of like work schedules it's pretty difficult because i work mm-hmm. early mornings to sort of like mid evenings and hannah works mid afternoon to like late evenings mm-hmm. so quite often when i'm like when i'm running my osc game hannah really will be at work for like the first mm-hmm. half of it so she can't really be in that game so yeah there'll be at least three evenings where i can't do any gaming yeah and then there'll be two evenings where we're recording for the or yeah. doing other things, or like when you and then were, we want to spend some time together yeah, of course where we we're do, not yeah. gaming. I mean, like when <laughs> you when you were running your Star Trek game, or oh, Annalise had Star Wars as well. There, <laughs> that, that, that's Jason's influence. That is. <laughs> but um, when Hannah was running her Star Trek game, it's not like a bit of a hiatus at the minute, but you're planning <laughs> to get it started up again because that's really early in the week and takes place in the evening. Because I have to get up quite early for my job. <laughs> especially earlier on in the week i can't really be like staying up dead late to like play a game when i've got to like get up early in the morning and be doing like all my work stuff so we've we've not really been playing in each other's games in sort of like recent memory we have done in the past when our schedules were a bit more similar but the big benefit of that is that when we have got an evening where we're both together and there's a GM available, we can both play a game together. Yeah, we've played in a few one-shots and, and stuff, haven't we? When we're both GMing games, 
we've got another GM there who we can talk to about the game who's not playing in it, and therefore yeah. there's no spoilers, but who's happy to help us out with the game? And I think also, whilst um, our tastes in games do like intersect at certain points, we have got different tastes in games. Yeah, so, John prefers like darker sort of games and... Yeah, which you like the more sort of heroic sort of four colours yeah. sort of style stuff, don't you? <laughs> which, yeah, those sometimes intersect. Like if we're playing in sort of like a standard like fantasy game, you can have your dark moments in that, you can have your like really heroic moments in that, and our, our interests intersect there. Now, with your Star Trek game, that wouldn't really be my vibe for a roleplay game, which is I love Star Trek, <laughs> just because it's, it's not to my personal taste. And likewise, when I was running my sort of like World of Darkness sort of grim London games, that wouldn't be to Hannah's <laughs> taste. So it, let's say it's difficult at the minute because of the schedules, but uh, we do try and play games together whenever we can. And certainly when we get the opportunity to do like a one shot like one of our friends is running, mm-hmm. we'll normally jump in that if it's a, a game that we're both interested in. John uh, and Hannah, I love the Oblivion episode. Mm-hmm. Lots of good ideas. <laughs> I really liked how you were talking about with the Obliviacs look at you and then think that uh, maybe you're a better version of him and he wants to figure out some way to, you know, move on with that. It would be really intriguing if, a mem- if an Obliviacs did actually <clears throat> get eaten by multiple people but could somehow, I don't know, come out in their <laughs> waste. <laughs> gross. It's so gross. But anyway, keep getting multiple memories and become a powerful being. But I used to love them back in the day. They just sounded so cool, but I can never find good ways to use them. Uh, thanks for the ideas. I'll have to put, import some of this in my current campaign. Hopefully, Joe won't hear this because he's playing in it. But uh, anyway, keep up the good work. Bye. Thanks again, Randy. Glad you enjoyed the episode about the Obliviacs. Yeah, it was in all of these monsters where there doesn't seem to be a lot to it when you first look at it. But if you think about it a little bit, you can sort of spin Mm -hmm. it in lots of interesting different ways. So we're really glad you enjoyed that. And whilst we're sort of chatting and answering Randy's calls, we should also as well just say thank you very much to Johannes Pavla, who joined us in the game prep episodes that we did that we were just talking about. So thank you very much. Very enjoyable conversation. And we hope maybe to do a couple more episodes featuring Johannes in the future schedules allowing so let's see who we've got up next hey Anna and john it's joe calling in with your weekly pathfinder update <laughs> i was looking for the memory moss and the pathfinder bestiary and i couldn't find it anywhere on the srd and i was like come on this can't be the first one can it so i just googled pathfinder memory moss and lo and behold it's not in the bestiary it's actually in the section about traps and hazards because it's they don't have it statted out like a monster. They use it like it's a trapper natural hazard. It's a CR5 monster, so decently tough. Uh, it doesn't, criminally, it does not produce the little mini uh, moss people. And when I use it, I will absolutely make it spit out the mini moss people because that's just too adorable and frightening to not use. But other than that, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, yeah, so another awesome episode. Thanks very much for the inspiration. Take it easy. Peace out. That was Joe from the Hindsightless podcast. Thanks very much, Joe. Glad you enjoyed the Obliviax episode. And I'm glad to hear that it did feature in a way in Pathfinder. And to be honest, I can actually see it functioning more as a trap or a hazard. Yeah. Um, 
and we've used the phrase sort of like trap monster a few mm-hmm. times when we've been sort of recording episodes. You know, these monsters where they do seem more just like something that you like, you spring on your players. It's a quick trap or a hazard that you have to overcome. And then you sort of move on rather than like a fully fleshed out sort of monster. But yeah, I've got to agree with you. Man. How could you use the Obliviax and not have like the little mosslings turn up? Mm-hmm. I mean... That that's just too good a thing not to use. And next up, we've got Jason from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Take it away, Jason. The Obliviax, great episode, very interesting ideas. Um, kind of reminds me of both Horror Express and uh, was it Attack of the Mushroom People? Rayotis's favorite movie, Japanese movie. Anyhow, yeah, I think the Obliviax is a neat neat thing. I think your idea of doing the one shot where they play the you know the the seedlings is really neat. The other thing, of course, you could do is, if you want to do a longer-term thing, is maybe somebody, some weird effect, side effect, or a wizard or something, has made it so the the mem- changed it so the Obliviax doesn't lose the memories in those 24 hours. So now you've got that evil doppelganger party running around out there. But yeah, lots of possibilities. Great episode. Looking forward to the next one. Take care. Thanks very much, Jason. Glad you enjoyed the episode on the Obliviax. There seem to be a couple of people who've enjoyed that and i think your suggestion of a potentially altered version that can serve in the the function of an evil doppelganger is a good one let's face it we've all seen that sort of evil darker side version of player characters Mm -hmm. be used before and it's a trope for a reason and i think the obliviax is like an interestingly slightly different way of doing it rather than just saying oh it's doppelgangers so thank you very much for that suggestion glad you enjoyed the episode and next up, we have another message from Joe of the Hindsightless podcast. You two did it. You got one that's not in Pathfinder. No devil swine. Much to my chagrin, because that sounds like an awesome monster. And yeah, I instantly thought of fat, aristocratic, rich people turning into devil swine. Uh, you know, the animal farm thing. And I just, I love the devil swine. They got werebores, but that's... That's just a werebore, you know. Boars are cool. They're awesome forest animals, but pigs, pigs are messed up, man, and they love eating humans. So awesome, awesome episode, you two. Thanks again for always being cool. Peace out. I shouldn't worry too much about it not being in Pathfinder, Joe, because to be honest, it's not in most editions of D&D either. Uh, I know um, we mentioned in the episode that uh, Gavin Norman was saying that it's one of the the monsters that were sort of in the BX version of D&D and then just seems to have disappeared and that's why he wanted to include it in Old School Essentials and I think it's a great monster it's a shame it seems to have sort of fallen by the wayside and like you say werebores are cool but there is something about these sort of fat aristocratic devil swine that just makes them very interesting and very different to the other lycanthropes you get. I do now kind of want the phrase pigs are messed up on a t-shirt <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Joe. Glad you enjoyed the episode. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Joe's just finished listening to the episode. Yeah, you could use the devil swine in a bunch of really cool ways. You know, there's the whole urban legend now that the uh, rich people, the ultra-rich, the Illuminati, whatever, they get together and they eat babies and stuff. So you could absolutely do a group of super wealthy noble people that sort of like run the city and have strange parties where people come and they don't always leave, stuff like that. Super horrific. I love it. <laughs> I love the devil swine. Not in my current campaign, 
but I will absolutely bring them in to my next one. So thank you again for all the inspiration. Peace out. Yeah, and it's a very common thing that we've noted a couple of times in previous uh, episodes. I think with goblins, witches, and red caps. Yeah. Some marginalized group or some group that people don't like for whatever reason gets accused of eating babies. And it goes on and on through history. And hey, you know what? The Devil Swine's quite a fun way to use that particular myth, trope, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and I think the idea of a sort of mysterious cult, as you were suggesting, is well established in mm-hmm. like both horror and the sort of fantasy genre. I mean, certainly in games like Call of Cthulhu, where there's like it's like cult to go go. You can't turn a corner without running across a cult of the ancient gods. It's also that whole they're going to eat a baby thing is basically here's a MacGuffin that is effectively of no value but also priceless that the players instantly understand why it needs to be protected because it's a baby and instantly understand that the person that wants to eat it is bad because it's a baby (laughs) because it's a baby and yeah it's 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 possibly a cheap shot it's an instant motivator isn't it yeah it's one of the darkest things that you can think of without, like, directly having to do some horrific roleplay with the player characters. Because you can just say that that's the intention without ever putting the baby in the scene. Yeah. And that's quite horrific enough. But it's still that weird sort of metaphor of it doesn't really happen. <laughs> Hey, Han and John, Devil Swine episode was really good. Love William Hope Hodgson. Um, I think The House in the Borderlands was the first of his stories I've read, but since I've gotten read his sea stories and some other stories, maybe that's not true. I think I read the Karnacki stories before House in the Borderlands. Anyway, great writer, highly recommended. And the ideas you had for incorporating the Devil Swine are really good. So, wonderful episode. No, you're not hearing me being drunk at all. I'm just calling in, totally not inebriated. I only had... Too, too many gin and tonics and gimlets. And anyway, I, I, I still think it was a good episode. Highly enjoyed it. And I will talk to you all soon. Keep up the great work. Hey, dude, that is fine. If the worst you do when you've had a few gin and tonics is calling towards and talk about the devil's swine, I am more than okay with that. And we're really glad you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, that the house on the borderlands, I've read that story so many times I don't even know and enjoyed reading it again to prepare for that episode. I could not get to the Anchor app fast enough to say river, exclamation point. I kept your episode playing, and I wanted to get the answer out before you said it. But like I said, I couldn't open the app fast enough. But river, absolutely. I love that riddle. I've used it before. I'm almost positive it's in the uh, Dark Tower series by Stephen King in the third book when they're riddling Blaine the Mono. I think that's one of the rivers. But anyway, awesome river. Awesome river. Awesome riddle. And I'm excited to get into the rest of the episode. Peace out. Yeah, I think it might be a variation of one of the riddles that um, come up when Bilbo and uh, Gollum are riddling in that story. Um, it's almost certainly in the Charlie the Choo Choo bit in the 
Dark Tower. And yeah, uh, I particularly found it in Journey Quest, which is an excellent show to take a look at on YouTube from Dead Gentleman Productions. Hey there, you two awesome episodes on rivers. I totally agree. I love using rivers in my encounters. Bridges over rivers, washed out bridges over rivers, flooded rivers. Uh, I once <laughs> I once had a character die by falling off a log over a river into a brook that was, you know, less than a foot deep, but they were already super low on hit points. The fall knocked them unconscious, and their character ended up drowning in, like, <laughs> a few inches of water. So, yeah, even the shallowest river can be deadly. Anyway, great stuff. Can't wait for the next one. Peace out. Thanks very much, Joe. Glad you enjoyed the river episode. I'm a massive fan of using them in games. And I think, although I didn't really mention this in the episode, there's also something mysterious about rivers and sort of deeper bodies of water, because you never really know what's sort of lurking beneath the surface, and it's quite in a sort of alien environment to most of us. You've also got that whole, like, liminal space thing of uh, water to earth. It's somewhere in between the two. Yeah. And while we're talking about rivers, I should also mention that... uh, my old friend Robert Davis sent us an email and he was saying he enjoyed the episode on rivers and he has a sort of, I suppose, stock encounter that he's used a number of times and he handily sent me like a little sort of paint diagram and it's basically the idea of some bandits or some bad guys jumping on a barge, heading down a fast-flowing river. The player characters are trying to catch them up. You've got two or three rounds of combat while the barge is moving down the river. Then it sort of splits into like a sort of wife sort of fork on the river the if the oarsmen aren't at the station they can miss the safer fork that goes off and it'll carry on down the main one which ends in like a big sort of waterfall mm-hmm. and there's some trees with dangling vines that you can try and grab if you should have the misfortune to go down that way to sort of save yourself for the barge crashes over the waterfall and i think that's just a really cool little encounter which sums up another great thing about rivers which is the whole factor of like it's got like an inbuilt timer to it Mm -hmm. because if someone gets swept away down the river you've got to get to them before they drown before they hit a waterfall or something like that if you're fighting on a boat obviously you need to deal with that combat book quick so you can actually take control of the boat and try and steer where you're going so i think it's another way of having a timer and keeping an encounter like sort of fast and frenetic within the game so thank you very much to rob davis for sending us that email and that diagram so that's it for this voicemail episode thank you to all our wonderful callers if you'd like to get in touch and maybe be featured in a future episode to talk about any of the episodes we've done or maybe you've got suggestions for stuff you'd like to see in the future or just have a chat about rpgs in general there's a few ways you can get in touch with us one is you can leave a voicemail message on the speakpipe website there'll be a link in the description down below if you're having trouble with that we do still have our old anchor account open again there'll be a link down below and you can leave a voicemail on that or as rob davis did you can leave us an email at oddrpgpodcast at gmail.com until we speak to you again take care Stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun. Bye.